0: Hello and welcome to mini episode 239 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 27th of November 2022 and story number one comes from Dana. To begin, my grandmother, born and raised in Nova Scotia, Canada, was an amazing woman. Nanny and Grandpa were soulmates and throughout their lives they had four biological sons, my dad included, three adopted daughters and more foster kids than I can count They loved their family more than anything and helped raise kids, grandkids and great-grandkids. Grandpa died first. And I have many stories about his passing but for now I want to focus on Nanny. Because of all of the children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren, it was hard to get one-on-one time with Nanny. But despite this, you knew she loved you. My favourite thing to do was to listen to her stories. The elderly really do have the best stories. Nanny passed away at the age of 92 when I was about 22. I regret not having the maturity to ask her more when she was alive because she lived such a full life and I've learned now that she and I had a lot in common, that 92 years is a lot of life to experience and I wish I had the opportunity to have another chat with her. When she passed, she was in the hospital and we were all expecting it to come, so it wasn't shocking, but sad nonetheless. The night she passed, I was at home from university, and in my childhood bed. It was early in the morning, I want to say around 4am, and I remember waking up and thinking, there is somebody in my room. Thinking it was one of my parents, I looked up, and at the foot of my bed was a person. I remember, as clear as if I was awake, thinking, oh, it's just Nanny and having this feeling of immense comfort as I snuggled back under my covers. It was as if I was being tucked in, and I truly felt like a child again. I closed my eyes and woke up a few hours later, remembering what had happened. It was strange though, because I didn't feel like I was remembering a dream. It wasn't a dream, it had happened. I woke up, saw Nanny, and went back to sleep. Remembering seeing her though, I didn't have the image of a thin, 92-year-old woman with a hunched back and frail from arthritis. But as the woman I knew from my childhood, she was still pretty spry in her 70s. When I got up, I noticed that my dad was home from work. I asked him why he was home and he said, I don't know, I just don't feel good, so I called in sick. Dad never missed work, so I was surprised. Shortly after, we got the call that my nanny had passed away. The strange thing was, later, as a family, we all started talking to one another. We got calls from my dad's sister, who had also called in sick from work because she woke up not feeling well. All of us live at least three hours away from one another and only communicated via phone that morning, but all had similar experiences. I was telling my cousin about what had happened to me the morning of nanny's passing and she said that it didn't surprise her. My cousin was raised in large part by my grandparents and knew them much better than I did. My cousin told me that my nanny believed in a lot of supernatural and superstitious things. Nova Scotia has a lot of superstitions. I believe that nanny came around to do her final rounds and say goodbye to everyone, and I, having always been a sensitive and an empath, sensed her and was able to see her one last time. Something that I am so happy I was able to experience. Nova Scotia has a rich history of indigenous culture, Mi'kmaq, German culture, and Gaelic culture, amongst many others. Because of this, fishing and farming is a part of our makeup. Of course, with this comes superstitions. Something that I share an interest with, like Nanny. In Nova Scotian lore. A forerunner is a ghostly visit from someone who is bringing, often bad, news. Many people would get these visits from people who died out to sea before hearing the news. I believe that Nanny took the opportunity to check in on all of her kids as a forerunner and let us all know that we were loved by her one last time before she had to leave. I have many more stories about supernatural visits from other family members and a few stories about my cat, Remy, who passed in May 2022, who I'm convinced was my soulmate, who was here to heal me during the worst of my chronic and mental illnesses. Your nanny and grandpa sound like amazing people to have their own children, adopt three more children and foster loads of children, I think it takes A really special type of person to be able to foster and adopt children I really do and again we have another story of a loved one coming to let her loved ones know that she was going coming to say goodbye and I think it's a beautiful thing that you saw her as a young woman that you knew from your childhood rather than seeing her as a sort of frail 92 year old And it is interesting that the whole family got that feeling of, "Mm, I'm not feeling great today, something isn't right. And everyone took that time off, almost like everyone was preempting that they were all going to get bad news that day. I've only ever spent a couple of hours in Nova Scotia when I was on a crossover flight from England to Canada to Toronto and I stopped in Nova Scotia for a couple of hours. And it is one of those places that I really want to visit, both Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, because they have such a rich history, like Dana said, of indigenous culture, of Scottish and Irish culture, of German culture. And all of that mix of different cultures brings about a lot of beautiful lore and superstition. And I would love to go and explore it all. And I think that that tradition of a forerunner is, I mean, it's beautiful. I know they bring bad news, but it's its just it's so comforting in a way and I imagine that when these people were fishing people where people would go out to see dangerous seas and they'd be gone for a couple of weeks and you wouldn't know whether they were alive or dead these forerunners these spirits would come back and say no they are they are gone I am gone and now at least you have closure and you know oh it's such a beautiful thing If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number two comes from Ali. I grew up with my older brother and sister in a small town in southern Ontario, Canada. My parents built their house and moved in two weeks before I was born in the mid-80s. New houses were being built all over, and we were one of the first to move onto the street. The house has always scared me and my siblings, but we never really talked about it. I'd almost forgotten why, but even as an adult, it still scares me. Strange things happened in that house, and my dad would often joke that it was built on some sort of sacred ground, However, now that my siblings and I are in our late 30s and early 40s, we started talking about our memories in that house and realised how similar those strange things really are. We'd gotten a puppy when I was 13. We were playing in the basement with a ball. The ball went into the furnace room. Our pup chased the ball but stopped right in the doorway, turned around and laid at our feet. The game was done and we ran upstairs. My sister and I always felt there was something in that furnace room, and this freaked us out enough that we ran. We always ran upstairs. When I was 17, my parents left me alone in the house. I had already started university and was in residence, but I stayed for the weekend alone while my parents went to visit my aunt so I could watch the dog and catch up on laundry. On the first load of laundry, the pipes burst in the basement. The house was my age and the pipes burst. It was the wall beside the furnace room. When I was 19, I was alone again, dog-sitting and doing laundry. My friend was on her way to keep me company and she couldn't come fast enough. I was terrified. First of all, the smoke detector was going off in the basement and the main floor at the same time. So I ran downstairs to figure out what was happening. I pressed the button to stop it. I got upstairs and it went off again and only in the basement now. I had to go down there but really didn't want to. Of course the sky was dark and stormy because it just had to be. I went to the basement. I had to go and turn off the alarm. I spoke with the fire department non-emergency line and they said that sometimes there are spider webs that set it off in basements. I was hoping that was the case. But I never actually saw spider webs around it. My friend arrived at my house, and this was her first time over. She is quite sensitive to the paranormal. She sees shadows and senses energies, and so does her mom. So I believe both of them. My friend said she felt strange energy and went to the basement with me. She could definitely feel something, and it was negative, but couldn't quite tell what it was. What was surprising, and something I had almost forgotten about was her asking what was on the main floor at the bottom of the stairs and in the living room. I got goosebumps. Could I also sense what she sensed? One of my first memories from when I was around three years old was a nasty nightmare. In the dream, I had started to go upstairs and was still in the front hallway. It was daylight and this thing had grabbed me and was shaking me around our living room. It had a grey face, red eyes black hair like Edward Scissorhands and black clothing. It wasn't quite human and it growled. I was three years old and I remember this in such detail. But since then I had been terrified to go upstairs without the light on. I used to turn the light on for the front hallway before going upstairs. Then I'd turn the light on for the hallway at the top and then be too scared to turn the light off in the hallway because it darkened that room. Fast forward 30 years and I have two young children. I lean pretty hard on my parents and stay over often. My brother did as well when his kids were young. I sleep in my old room, keeping shows on my phone to listen to throughout the night because I'm terrified. The closet in my room is scary. It is closed and mom's summer clothes are in there and nothing else. But still, that closet. Then there's the hallway. My god, I'm terrified of the hallway but the door has to be open so I can hear if my kids cry at night. I'm the one who is scared as hell to stay there still. The kids seem fine so far, so that's a bonus. I once babysat my brother's kids and his oldest son asked if I was ever scared of the closet. It was a very honest question from a kid of around three years of age. It was like I was screaming internally. I told him I was scared as a child and nothing bad happened because it hadn't. One of the first nights I left my kids with my parents alone, I was talking to my sister about visiting her across the country. And she said, I have something weird to ask you. And I said okay with some hesitancy because it was a strange thing to ask. She asked, Did you ever have any weird dreams as a kid because Chris and I were talking about these recurring dreams that we had about this creepy figure with black hair and grey skin and red eyes trying to get us and it was in the same area of the house. And my whole body broke out in goosebumps. My eyes started to water and my mouth was almost chattering. I listened, unable to speak right away. We all had dreams of the same monster. My heart sank as I realised I had left my kids there alone with my parents for the first time ever. Eventually I was able to speak and I told her my story. And she said... Holy shit, how did we never talk about this? And then I told her not to do this because I'd left my kids there tonight and we sort of laughed, but it was petrifying. Is there a monster in our house that haunts children's dreams? It turns out that my sister dreamed about this monster that was trying to grab her in the hallway too. My brother's dream was about standing at the top of the stairs and the monster would tell him, Just jump. You'll be fine both of them had the same dream until they moved out. I never dreamed my dream again but since it happened at such a young age it became a core memory. For some reason perhaps I'm too eager to talk about this but my dad has told my sister that he senses someone walking up and down the stairs and the hallway throughout the night. He hears clear footsteps. He discovered his deceased mother sitting at the foot of his bed after she passed away. He will speak about it My mom would not speak about it for many years, but has now had some strange things happen to her since her father passed away. I slept there the other night and everything was fine. Everything seems safe, in a way. I feel like the more I think about this, the more I get scared. But I've never been injured. Dad asks me every once in a while if I would want to buy the house after they move out. No, thank you. I will stay in my very safe, very unhaunted home. How weird that you all had the same dream that is so freaky. It's one thing being like, oh, we all were a bit freaked out by the house when we were kids, etc, etc. But it's a very different thing to have dreams about a really specific entity that is very easily described. Grey face, red eyes, black hair like Edward Scissorhands, black clothing. Wasn't quite human and it growled. That is very specific and for you all the kids in the house to have that same dream about that same creepy entity. That is weird. And stories like this always remind me of the Hale-Fanag story, the Welsh Amityville story, where there was a suggestion that their house was built on some sort of, you know, ancient passageway. Like a paranormal passageway, I mean. Like a portal, I hate saying that word. You know how I feel about that word. But you know what I mean? Like... This this house is so Ali's house was a new build it was a newly built house but what happened on the land that it was built on is the question I think in general it seems to be pretty benign though and I'm saying that now as somebody who has not been in the house and not had to spend any time in the house so if I was in the house and spending time in it I wouldn't feel like it was benign I'd feel like it was absolutely terrifying obviously but it doesn't sound like there's anything particularly horrendous in the house aside from the dream demon, which is not good. That's not, that's not great. I guess I'm just trying to make you feel better about your kids staying there, but I'd be, I wouldn't be worried about my kids staying there. I'd be like, listen, kids, I need a break. Okay. You go into the arms of the dream demon. I'm just going to go have a few glasses of wine. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Dana and Ali for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 27th of November, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to ghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note,